live at MRMW in Cincinnati. I did a series of interviews on the show floor with both exhibitors and speakers. Brian Lamar happened to be by. He is a fellow podcaster as well as uh, EMI Research Solutions. Tell you what, for me, it was a lot of fun having an opportunity to just riff with him about the state of podcasts, where the white space is for our industry in utilizing podcasts, as well as the viral video that Pure Spectrum put out fairly recently featuring David Butler's first foyer into the entertainment industry. I hope you enjoy our banter. Brian Lamar, EMI Research Solutions. I really enjoy. In fact, I wrote a blog post where I talked about your uh, podcast. Right? Oh, did did yeah, you? I did. I did. I gotta find that. I'll obviously send it to you. So okay. you, Adam, uh, have been doing the podcast for quite a while. Adam, yes. of course, was on the show earlier. Maybe tell the listeners exactly how they can find the podcast. Yeah, it's called Intellicast, and I, we wouldn't do it without a marketing team. If it was just Adam and I, it would never happen. So we had the idea about a year and a half ago. And um, it's it's mostly market research, but we goof off a ton. So I like to call it it's half market research news and discussion and then half like morning radio show. It's a little bit different than yours. You're a very professional like interviewer and good at your job. We're not as good at that. We're more, we're probably better at the fun stuff. I, well. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can get boring, I, right? I, well, I get boring. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. What is one of the moments where you're like, gosh, I'm really, I really can't wait to edit that piece out of the podcast? Well, a lot of it is that we goof off so much and we, we don't know what direction we're going. And so we don't have nearly the guests that you have. We just talk sometimes. Like we had David Butler, a coworker of yours on yesterday, and we just talked about college basketball. We talked about news. We talked about Pure Spectrum a little bit. Um, and sometimes we just go off on these tangents and I don't know, I feel like some, the embarrassing thing for me is that people feel like they really know me because I talk. Because they do. To, it's yeah. interesting. So there's um, a bunch of data. And I, and I mean this, like there's volumes of data that has been produced. Podcast.net actually releases it at scale if you're, if you're not tuning into that podcast. It's a two-minute daily briefing on industry happenings in, in the podcasting world. But there is an emotional connection that the audience makes because they hear your voice in their ear. And yeah. it's a, I know it's, it sounds silly to, no. put it, to make those obvious connections. Yeah. You can't, but you think about the context of when a podcast is consumed and it's usually when you're doing what's it's always multitasking. Yes. So you never go home, sit down and listen to a podcast. Right. right. And so that means that the, the times where you're involved in that person's life is when usually the points of drudgery or boredom, but they still have to focus. So driving, yes. commuting, mowing the lawn, basic household chores, honeydews, whatever, right? You're actually occupying their mind as their hands go or their bodies go through some routine. Yeah. And so there's an emotional connection that is actually very deep that you make with the audience that I think that we are just starting to appreciate that power. Right. Right. And so you're right. When you, you can meet somebody that you've never met before and they will feel like they know you and you know why? It's yes. They kind of do. Yeah. That, that's the, to me, like that's the greatest part of this. I'm kind of an introvert and that's, that's the greatest advantage of doing a podcast and also it's kind of a disadvantage and something that is really embarrassing for me is that people come up to me it's awesome for me because they we have an icebreaker right oh i heard you on the podcast and i know you're a kentucky basketball fan and i know that you like deep pie for example and then 
it's just easy for conversation, but also it's, I feel like I'm out there a lot. So it's a little uncomfortable and awkward. So that, that's probably my most embarrassing moment. It's probably not on air is that people <laughs> knowing a little bit, getting inside a little bit too much. Do you, do you experience that? So there's two benefits of, of running a podcast for me personally is yeah. I am innately a, an introvert. Yeah. You know, when Jamie Plunkett and I myself started Decipher back in 2000 and Kristen Luck became, you know, left OTX in 2007, a company she had founded with Shelly Zalas we recognized straight away there was a big opportunity to partner with her. And so that's, yeah. you know, we acquired her company and then the three of us, you know, drove successful outcomes through Decipher. But the whole thesis of that acquisition was Jamie and I hated, like we're, we love, we'll solve your problem, but we're not going to go to cocktail hour. Right. 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 I, you know, like that <laughs> yes, for me is terrifying. Me. Yeah. Like I'll start sweating. Yeah. I'm that guy. Right. Yeah, me and too. so what's been really nice is all of a sudden I, it's almost selfish because I get more out of the podcast than any of anybody else because it's enabled me to work on that introvert and develop a level of confidence where I can go sit down at a table and have a conversation with people. And this is why is because I've realized the power of a question, which is so stupid, you know, over two decades in market research, but all I have to do is say, Hey, I'm Jamin. Uh, what's your name? Where are you from? And then I can literally go down the routine of how did you get into market research? Yeah. What do you see as the three characteristics of an all-star employee? I mean, right. I can occupy a conversation and fill about 20% of it. Right. And the person will have an engaged experience. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like we have a lot of similar qualities. I'm the same way. It just helps with that and the introvert in me as well. Yeah, for sure. So maybe the real hack here is if you're introverted, want to be an extrovert, <laughs> start a podcast. Well, it's easier, probably easier for me because I have a co-host who's not an introvert. No, it's the op- quite Adam is... Yeah. Is the opposite. Yeah. So he's the one that goes to the cocktail hour and he's the one that kind of lead the show. And sometimes I could just pepper in conversations and I can think about it. I tend to try to take more time to think about things. That's where I get into trouble is if I just, if I shout out whatever I'm thinking, then that wouldn't be a very good podcast. So I spoke with Adam and Seema Vasa, who has Data Guru, yeah. the other podcast I recommend in the market research space about the possibility of monetizing podcasts yeah. in the form of advertisements. Yeah. I have had a hell of a time getting sponsors oh, really? for the podcast. We have uh, three or four, which I am attest Schlesinger. Okay. Right. Um, two great partners for us. But, um, you know, broadly speaking, you can't make a living as a podcaster. No, not in our industry. Probably we'd, no. have, to, we'd have to expand <laughs> a little bit. I but, think. but like conversely, you know, so my, and I'm not going to ask you to, unless you're willing to, which I sure. would love you to share, yeah. um, you know, on an episode for us and we're grinding all the time. Yeah. Right? We have about, We've just released over 100 episodes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and that's starting in June. 8-8 eight, eight was our first episode to drop. But okay. we actually started the episodes in June. We're at about, you know, between four and sometimes we'll hit 500 downloads per episode. Yeah. Within about a month period of time. Yeah. And I don't feel like that's very much. Right. To be honest with you. I'm like, Agreed. why is it not a lot more? Agree. And I, our numbers are somewhat similar to that. And I think we've been around a little bit longer than you have, but you have a much bigger brand name than we did probably. I mean, most people know who you are. Yeah, it seems small to me, but a lot of it is the challenge, and maybe you have mastered this or figured it out, is that it's really hard to aggregate all of the numbers across SoundCloud and iTunes and all the different various forms. Um, Who do you host with? Whatever you do. Lipson? 
Oh, I don't even know. Or blueberry, blueberry, however it's said. I just converted last week from Libsyn to Blueberry. We um, next week we'll launch our new website. So I'm oh, wow. super excited about that. But yeah, yeah I, I mean that's an interesting point that you're making, and that is, you know, there's not a good date. We don't have a lot of data on yeah. the audience, so we don't know number of new subscribers. We yep. can't track attrition. Right. We can't track number of downloads by user. I don't we know where people listen. I don't even know if people are listening to the end of the episode. We make right. jokes throughout, and like, totally. hey, if you're listening, let me know yeah totally yeah podcast i've been consuming them for years yeah and i think you know that's one of the things we could do a better job of personally is create some easter egg at the end yeah like free giveaway or right you know yeah yeah back to your original question about sponsors we we don't have any sponsors and i my joke is that we're gonna eventually secede from emi it'll intelecast will be its own brand similar to how how you've kind of done it yeah is that intelecast will secede from emi and make billions of dollars (laughs) with our we i I call it dozens of listeners listeners. (laughs) yeah i love it yeah well i mean gosh that's so funny but this is what's interesting is like the connection that the guests can make to the consumer, the listener, yes. right? The audience yeah. is, I believe, much deeper than you get in a webinar. Oh, and yeah. I don't know if you've participated in many webinars. Yes, I have. Okay. So like what percentage of your time is multitasking in a webinar? Um, like when you're participating, uh, what I mean by participate is like as an observer, not as a oh. doing the webinar. 50%? At least, yeah. right? I mean, it, as soon as you get an email, you're responding to it. Right. 100% of the time. Checking my phone. Right, whatever. Might be having a personal conversation. Ex- exactly. Yeah. exact. Get up, go away, right. come back, right? Be, and, the, and the problem with the webinar is that it it does require, it usually requires a video element. Yes. Right? And so now you've got this multimodal engagement. Right. Um, oh, and also it's synchronous. So it happens in, t- in context of time. So now you've got three elements that are really important, right? For it to be a a maximized return of time. This is my point, right? And you look at the audience sizes of like IEXs or you pick on on the brand that's doing the the webinars, there's a lot of value. They're 10 grand. Right. Like it's 10 grand to do a episode. And I'm not not saying it's not a good value. Right. I'm just saying that, and this is what I think, like your point about making billions of dollars on the, is really funny, but it also, I don't really think this is true, that smart brands are in our space are going to start picking it up. Yeah. I've had, and this is not an exaggeration, I've had eight, like eight inbounds from LinkedIn who have told me, thank you so much for the podcast. These are big companies. Yeah. We use it to curate new uh, perspective vendors. That's awesome. Right? I know. That's and great. And I'm thinking, why the fuck... Right. right. If I had a brand, you know what I would do? Right. right. Like when my new company launches, do this it. is the truth of it. Yeah. Like I'm going to be, you and Seema are, and a few others are my first calls for how yeah. much does it cost to be on the podcast? Right. 100%. I don't, I don't get it either. <laughs> no idea why people don't do that. Right. Because I know that people tell me and I know an entire office has listened to our podcast. And if, if why wouldn't you want to get your there's name like, out? There's, like, there's a CEO that reached out to me on our industry about good sized company and they're growing rapidly. He reached out to me and many of his staff, they do a monthly book club where they consume the podcast and then they meet as a group and they talk about, they pull out um, what they thought was the best part of it and how they can apply. So, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. And that's where it gets like the real intentionality of a podcast yeah. is, you know, you as a host, you can actually draw in value for the listener and so you ask strategic questions like yeah what is the one problem you wish market researchers would solve for you today yeah right and now all of a sudden you're like at emi you're thinking yeah holy moly right i can solve that problem here i am right what a sales vehicle <laughs> I so i don't really think like that 
like when I'm on the podcast, I'm interviewing somebody. I want to get to know them. Totally. I'm just curious and I want to help promote them because for, for me, I'm kind of doing, I feel like I'm doing them a favor. Absolutely. But and you are. Yeah. Right. And they're and, not paying you. Right. Exactly. So that, that's how I think about it. I don't, I probably should. Hopefully Michael Holmes is not listening to this, but I should think about how we should, could better leverage it from a, like a sales perspective and lead generation. But I don't know. Maybe that's. I don't, I don't know. know. It's all tactical, and yeah. you know, and you got to think. You know, at the end of the day, you got to do two things. You got to add value, yes. and you got to be where people are. And yeah. that's where I see like we're all very fortunate that we've been earlier into the game of podcasting. Yeah, uh, in the market research space, and um, I love tuning into your guys. You're a regular part of my commute. Oh, thank you. Drop. I can't wait to hear the uh, David Butler drop. Oh yeah, David, David Butler spent a good thirty minutes with us that's yesterday. Great. That's so. a long time on your show. Yeah, that is. That we, is. It was great to have him in the studio. We don't. Well, I call it in studio. We yeah, have yeah. a little bitty conference room that he does it, that we do it that in. Studio. And Better it was great studio. to have him through the, we usually do an interview just completely separate, somewhat similar to how you do your interviews. And then we goof off before and after, but he got to goof off with us a little bit. So that was, that was actually more fun because you know how witty and, and smart He's he is. He's probably one of the smart, uh, smartest and funniest people that I've. Absolutely. You know. Well, we talked about the Mars. I did a, I did my top four favorite things about the Mars video. Oh, I bet he'd love that. I hope, hopefully he did. <laughs> He was not one of the top four things, although I know he wrote most of it. <laughs> he did. Actually, he did. That was quite literally the David Butler. I, yeah. I thought it was one of the top. Actually, I, I'm going to pull back. I'm going I'm to say that I don't. I can't think of another video that's ever been produced in our space that's yeah. funnier. No. And I saw. I got so lucky that this came out on April 1st. I saw Michael McCrary on April 2nd at Quarks in Chicago, and I got fortunate to spend 20 minutes with him lost on navy pier in chicago trying to find the quirks conference and got to like he was kind of stuck with me and i was asking him questions about it and i was telling him all about the video like i'd watched it three times right so hopefully he was proud about it. i didn't loved, know that was his kids yeah right <laughs> this you'll love this 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 is a little bit um further inside baseball so yeah. we're having a meeting and talk director yeah uh, of the we, they did a great job of the production. Amazing. amazing. Anyway, so I'll, I'll actually, in the show, I'll drop their information in the show notes in case other people want to use them. Uh, but anyway, so, and David Butler started the meeting with, you know what I'd like to do? Let's just take a minute and talk about our favorite, our favorite parts of the script I wrote. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> That's and great. So, and I am I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> This is really right. happening right now. Where right. That's, anyway, so it was like... Here's how much I love David Butler's <laughs> writing. Who loves David Butler's writing more than the next person? Right. That's right. Yeah, and that's going to be the... That's gonna right. Be. <laughs> it was well written. It was super well written. Yeah. And that's why I get to make fun of him. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, yeah. I'm just because I'm jealous of his mad skills. Uh, yeah. Know, well, so. hopefully this is a continuing thing for you guys. You'll do another video next. Now you've set the bar high. Hey, listen, that was, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say it was 100% him. I, yeah. My, yeah, no, I mean, I, all, I was literally blown away at yeah. the quality. And you know what's funny, too? Did you guys talk about that he doesn't actually like The Office or watch it? Oh, my God. What? How did that not even come up? Like, literally, he will not watch The Office. How's that Maybe possible? Maybe a part of an episode. That had so many, like, oh, clearly this is someone inspired by The Office. Not even once. Not even a little bit. He hates The Office. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite four moments was oh, when God. Michael McCrary was up, going up and down with his desk. Yeah. It's just right. And the water, blah, blah, blah. Because that's what I do at work. We, we were fortunate to have those desks that go up and down. Yeah. And so I totally empathize with that. So it, it, it hit the spot with me. So many funny jokes I want to make right now, but yeah. I'm not going to in the interest of cleanliness. So <laughs> you my research solutions. You yes. guys have a base here? At we do not. We're just kind of wandering around and taking in the content. All right. Good. What do you think? Is this your first year? My first time, and uh -huh. well, first of all, it's my first time going to a conference that's in my hometown. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of great to be able to sleep in my own bed tonight for yeah. once. Yeah. But also, it's kind of weird. 
but the conference is great. Great Do speakers. Room? Do I have extra room? Yeah. I have extra room. <laughs> um, no extra room because I have a bulldog and a wife and a seventeen-year-old. Oh, I, I see what's happening here. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, but um, I'm enjoying the conference. My first time here. Um, I'm glad it's in Cincinnati, and I love the speakers. Just Gail Fugit is amazing, mm -hmm. um, and just looking forward to the rest of the content. Yeah, I think you know those two things I like about the show, and I think it's a big improvement over last year's. Okay. Although this is my first year, I'm just going on hearsay last year. Yeah. And that is that the exhibit hall is in the middle of traffic, so it's like yeah, that helps. In order to enter into the event, you have to go through the exhibit hall. It's an end. The exhibit hall is a nice, tight structure. You know what I mean? Like you can't get lost. There's not a bad spot right. per se. Maybe that one way over there. But other than that, but even that's not bad because you're going to have the food. You yes. know what I mean? So there's not really a bad spot yeah. on the on the floor. You think you'll exhibit next year? We may. We, we finally have a marketing person who, who produces our podcast. So we probably will have a booth at some point. This would be a good spot to have it. But this reminds me a little bit of Quirks. Have you been to a Quirks? Oh, yeah. And so I love how they have the vendor hall. as the, It's the center of yeah. the... And that's how, I mean, that's how they keep the prices down is to have a lot of vendors, right? So I loved Quirks because it had so many different booths so that you had to wander through and that's where the center of attention was. Similar here, you have to walk through here and that's, I want to talk to the people that are exhibiting and the booths and I think hopefully everybody does. Yeah, yeah no, I totally agree and thank you for the exhibitors for doing it. So MRMW, yeah. the quality of the speakers we just heard from Gail at Foursquare, so much yeah. value in, and then was it the chief um, insights and, insights data. and data officer at Procter and Gamble's. That's a big deal. Yes. Um, his was great as well. I wish Fantastic. It was a bit longer. I wish yeah. I had an opportunity to uh, hopefully can interview him actually. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, it was just, it was just a great opening of the, for day one. Yeah. Awesome. Content. Well, well, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you, sir. Thanks. Thanks.